What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 157 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? Oh, man. I'm just living my best life, man. Living your best life. Yep. Just living trying your best to. life. We've got good weather on the horizon. Yeah, is uh, it? I haven't even looked at the forecast. I think week. like the 10 day forecast, I think every day is like above 40. Oh, wow. Is it going to be rainy t- or windy too, like it has been? I don't, I don't know about that. I would think if, if temperatures kind of steady out, we, we shouldn't have a ton of wind, but, uh, this weekend it was kind of, this past weekend, you know, the oh temperatures yeah. look nice, but the wind, oh yeah, the old wind picked up and you kind of had to hold yourself down a little bit. Yep. Saturday, uh, on Okaboji, I don't think got quite as bad as what they had first predicted, but, uh, there was definitely some gusts every once in a while that it's like, Ooh. Ooh, all right, I'm about to pull a Ramsey and go flying across a little Emerson here. But uh, I, well, I know we were sitting there the one time, and all of a sudden I heard the thump, the you know the old sound of a hub side going in. And oh that, yeah, yeah. Old Joe was sitting in his hub, and one of the sides got pushed in because that old South Dakota wind pushed it. Yep. So our buddy Tanner Vogel was uh, up on uh, a lake up in Northeast South Dakota. Actually, brought my hub sh- hub shack up there and did a little ice camping, and he said. You know, he he anchored it down from all angles, and uh, they they were they were laying in bed or whatever, kind of uh, settling in for the night. And he said, all of a sudden, I hear something. And he's like, "What in the world is that?" And he said, "I'm I'm pretty sure it was a five gallon pail because it sounded like five gallon <laughs> pail." But he said there was at least two or three other items. And he said, "I'm just praying they don't come flying <laughs> into the side of the shack." But uh, no, he said uh, uh, it, it got pretty windy up there, so. Kind of a South Dakota ice fishing tumbleweed is a five-gallon pail flying across. The yeah, ice. yeah that, that, that's right. That's right. Uh, this morning I was over in George, Iowa, and talking with our buddy Matt Grave over there. Uh, the uh, the George Emergency Medical Squad had uh, a waffle feed. Oh, nice. So this morning I said to Kayla, I'm like, hey, what do you think about going over for waffles? And she's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> There ain't nothing that gets me excited quite like a waffle. And so we went and drove over to George, and uh, we, we talked to Matt and Melissa Grave over there. But uh, uh, there, was, there was a guy that was there, and he turned around and started talking to us about fishing. And um, we were kind of talking, you know, that, well, you know, there's some good temperatures coming. And he was, he was dead set that he'll be fishing down here in Iowa on Okaboji into April. No problem. No, no problem. Uh, no, not <laughs> like, if. Yeah, okay, pal. Pump the brakes. Not if we start getting warm weather like that. But and, I told him, I said, well, 10-day forecast every day is above 40. I said, one day of rain, you you know, things go south in a hurry. Right. It doesn't take long for good ice to turn to bad ice. And then, then we're behind the eight ball. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. If it's going to get that way, then get the ice off the lakes and get the open water right but, right but if it's gonna i don't want it to get soft and then all of a sudden we get cold temps and it just hangs on to that ice so right i mean we very well could be fishing into april i mean we've right. done it before but last year it wasn't very far into march and and we were already done but. yeah i mean i would like to have a nice i mean a, a good late ice season is always yeah. kind of nice yep. i mean to get out there a few days and especially because it was so late this year going, right, going on, on you know i mean give us a little bit of time yeah i mean there's nothing like that late bite ice where you can be out there in like a sweatshirt and i suck know. at late ice Do i don't you? know oh, i don't know what my issue is they they don't they don't like what i got for them <laughs> the old presentation just isn't isn't what they're offering huh nope but uh a uh, couple items of housekeeping that I want to throw out there. Um, all shirts have been sent out. Um, if you haven't got your shirt yet, um, I would say prob- probably Monday today, the day that this uh, episode is coming out, possibly Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the at that point in time, you should have it. If you haven't gotten it yet, uh, come Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, not not Tuesday, but come Wednesday or Thursday, if you haven't gotten your shirt yet, uh, reach out to me because then I, I'm assuming that there was probably something that uh, uh, got mixed up. Either either I accidentally forgot you or um, something, something was wrong with uh, shipping. But uh, I've got a couple extra shirts sitting over here, so if you are one of those, then uh, we'll we'll get that taken care of for you. But uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, all shirts have been officially sent out now. 
Even, uh, even seeing a few people wearing them. Yeah, so. yeah. We're getting a couple messages and uh, um, they're sharp. Yep. Better believe it. You better be prepared. Yeah. I mean, who? Yep. <laughs> make sure that your bedroom has an extra, or, or make sure your house has an extra bedroom on it, guys. Things things could get crazy if you I'd, throw this bad boy on. I definitely I'd walk by a construction site today with mine on, and there's no way in hell I'm going to do that again. All the whistles and cat calling that was happening. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. It's no. not easy. No, that's... I even went by a what a um, what are they called with nuns? Um, Convent. Yeah, isn't that what them. they call it? I Convent. Think so. Yeah, and they were even whistling. And they were cat whistling. Call that me. So I mean, it, I mean with you know. Like I said, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. It's Someone's got to do it. Yep. You know, it's just ooh. yeah. What did you say with uh, <laughs> with with? Uh, I have to look that up. I yeah. can't remember what I said. Yep. But uh, um, next up, uh, one more thing that we uh, thought thought that we should throw out there was uh, it is officially your last week. Um, you got about three days to enter Bassmaster Fantasy. Um, the first tournament of the year kicks off and yeah, you can sure, you know, enter after that, but, uh, the yearly, the yearly total score is kind of what we all, what we all go off of. So if you want to enter that bassmasterfantasy.com, uh, create a, uh, create a login, create a, a username, whatever. And they're going to ask you for your address and whatnot. They're not sending you junk mail. They're not doing anything like that. That's strictly for if you would happen to win a Rappel a prize pack. That's how they'll send it to you. But uh, after you enter, it'll ask you if you want to join groups, Midwest Angler Podcast, Password Dirtbags. And I highly recommend you do it. If you have any issues, reach out to me and Matt or the uh, the page on Facebook. Email us. Uh, uh, I think it's Midwest Angler 1 at, or maybe it's just the Midwest Angler. Which one? Is, I don't is even it? remember. But yeah, definitely reach out to us. We can help you get it, you know, your teams, how to set your teams up, give you any information on what you need. It is a lot of fun. It gives you something to look forward to. You follow along in the tournaments and you look for, you, you, we just all look forward to doing it. And then you do a lot of research for the upcoming tournaments. Like at first you're just like, well, oh, the first few tournaments you're like, well, I'm just going to pick some people. Then pretty soon you find yourself looking at past results and you're getting into it. And pretty soon you're, you know, you you become an official dirtbag and you're really getting after it. The dirtiest of the dirtbags. It is MidwestAngler1 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out. That's right. I figured out what I said to Scott Olson when he posted the picture. Yeah, what did you say? Because he also got a sticker in there with, you know. That's right. Hard on my gear sticker. So I said, with great gear comes great responsibility to be hard on it. That's. Good luck, Grasshopper. (laughs) That's. (laughs) The the responsibility is almost too much for some guys to bear. It really is. But I mean, you have to be hard on your gear. That's right, uh, Matt. It. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention or not, but uh, the Olympics have kicked off. That's have you right. been watching anything? I have caught a few different things. I've watched some of the hockey. I've yep. watched some of the ski jumping. Some yeah, of those things. Like where they go and see how far yeah, they can is launch. It the Alpine ski. No, that's what is it? Yeah, but yeah, I think it's just ski, ski jumping, jumping. Probably. Yeah, but it's crazy. Distance jumping or something like that. But yeah, they go like 105 meters or something yeah. like that. It was pretty incredible. I was watching that today. I watched the uh, the women's hockey team for the Whenever, U.S. of A. beat up on Switzerland. Yeah. Whenever one of those ski jumpers crash, they should get a hard on my gear sticker <laughs> like somebody should go running up there and slapping on them i mean it's just an explosion it's like what gear <laughs> like there, there's no i'm thinking i'm thinking that you and i need to maybe we need to do the luge the two-man luge <laughs> the two <laughs> i that that's one of those deals too like things head south on that like right i mean you you either die or you're paralyzed uh, you, you know there's no like oh brush that one off like nope toast i I don't know i i don't know if if any of that is for me period sometimes do you ever just curling curling's for me right yeah curling's for me we we should go up and try i've got the body of a curler (laughs) right they have curling in sioux falls i think so do they yeah i think that they can do it in training i think sometimes that they do but sometimes they're on hockey rinks and their ice is a little different so it's you know it's really it's not straight like a curling yeah my 
yeah. Barry was telling me about it the one time. He he tried it over. Is your in father-in-law a curler? He's he's done it a few times over at Rochester. You can like take classes on it and stuff like that. And he uh, went over there and he was explaining to me like hockey ice is kind of rounded. It kind of like goes down towards the edges or something like that. So like when you try to do it. It will always go to one. You side. believe him? No, I never no, I believe anything so. he says. I don't think so, so either. I think, I think, yeah, I think that was one of those deals, like where you kind of start making up a story to sound smart, right? And it's, it's like, just like, that yeah, other, well, you know, the, the ice person, is rounded. I don't know I if you knew all, that. Or... I think we've all done that before, like where all of a sudden you're just talking to somebody, and there's a point in your conversation that you realize, like, this. Person, I'm in too deep. Oh no, this. Not only that, but this person is like eating this up, and they like they don't know anything i'm talking about so i can really like and i don't know whatever i'm talking about i just gotta sound like i do and they're gonna believe that i am so it's just like oh yeah and stuff and then all of a sudden you see them out next time and there was somebody else and that you know is like almost an expert on what you were talking to them about and they're like yeah tell them what you were telling me and it's just like uh no i don't nope uh-uh, I don't remember that conversation at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh-uh. it's kind of like Ramrod. Ramrod brought out one of his army buddies to uh, go fishing <laughs> yesterday, and uh, they didn't do very well. But you know, Ramrod's the leading expert whenever he talks to us. <laughs> who's not surprised? <laughs> this guy drilled. This guy's two, not drilled one hole and caught two fish all day yep but uh anyways the olympics over there in uh beijing china yeah, over in china and uh that's that's interesting to say the least right but um so i've actually got a couple uh i got a couple interesting olympic facts for you matt um first off as, as you can probably figure because we can't have anything nice ever anymore but uh gold medals are mostly made of silver now right uh, they quit making actual gold medals in 1912. Do they just gold plate them then, or is that what they do? Take silver and gold plate it? Yeah, apparently it's uh, um, god dang it, I even had the six grams of uh, they're, they're entirely from silver, and then they use six grams of gold to meet the standard laid out on the Olympic Charter, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> but so apparently that's what they do. They they, you get a silver medal and they they slap gold around it and and you take it because well whatever that's the closest you're ever going to get to a gold medal. Uh, the first Olympic drug suspension did not occur until 1968. Well, that's was it like performance enhancing drugs? Or no, was this it just is drugs. No, just wait. <laughs> just this one's a doozy. Drugs. Hans Gunnar Leijenwell, a Swedish. Penta athlete oh, tested Hans. positive for alcohol. Oh, he reportedly gosh. drank several beers before the pentathlon <laughs> and was thus suspended from competition. How, how else are you going to get through the pentathlon? What is the pentathlon? It's it's the pentathlon, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's made up of... You show up to the Olympic <laughs> Games to go do whatever the Let's hell the pentathlon he is. Got and you had got half a jag on. <laughs> he got caught. Yeah. The rest of the guys were probably just as probably half buzzed as he was. I mean, you got to be it to do the pentathlon. <laughs> I mean, you go to represent your country, and they're going to freaking kick you out because hey. Well, they talk about what the Olympic village. You need to quench your palate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did you know athletes in ancient Olympic games competed in the nude? Really? Here's one for you. In the fact, in fact, the word we gymnasium. Ain't... We ain't competing in the two-man luge. That's the case. In in your dreams. (laughs) The word gymnasium comes from the Greek root gymnos, meaning nude. As such, the literal translation of gymnasium is school for naked exercise. <laughs> so, that I I'm that not... only makes sense that you're a gym teacher. <laughs> that only makes sense. So if I'm in there doing some exercises nude and somebody walks in and they're like, what in the hell are you doing? Be like, read the signs, yeah. it's a gymnasium. Yeah. You know, I think Will Farrell knew what he was doing right. in, in uh, old school when he went scree- uh, streaking through the quads and into the gymnasium. gymnasium that's just, right. Guys, just it's all using part of it the for what ancient it is. Ancient Olympics. Yep. Uh, so the United States has over 2,800 medals. Mm-hmm. One uh, in all time. Yep. No other country has even hit 1,000. That doesn't surprise me. United Kingdom entering. Entering this 
883. Right. Like, we're well, just we putting send, a hurting on them. We do, but we send way – like, we've got to be one of the countries that sends probably the most athletes to, like, both the winter and summer Olympics. For sure. I like, mean, I mean, A, Jamaica, you know, I mean, the – their their winter olympics team you know oh, right. i mean aside from having a bang up bobsled team you know whatever and you, and you but i think I, about like some of the other like team sports and we've kind of dominated some of the team sports so i mean it right. all gets up there yeah but whatever i mean what would like have you ever thought about like if fishing like fishing olympics well, what that's, some of the events would be so that's kind of where i'm going with that's this that's kind of what i was you know you i mean obviously uh uh they have a um you know they they have world champion you know naifc and then they even have like world competitions on top of this uh you know for for ice fishing and whatever but uh i mean do you do you think that it's even a possibility they have they had that fishing uh, is in the olympics do you think it would ever be oh um could it be bass fishing I think it I could mean every be. country has has like, bass fishermen. Right. I think it could be something like that. Then you got to like How do you even the playing field? Hmm, that's a good question. See, that's that's not what I was going at for like level. I was like What thinking, are you thinking? Like, Casting. Right. I was thinking about like what events like we got the you know the the catfish sinker casting competition I'd like to see it. Like I'd like that, to see where, it. You know, this is the world's top catfish rig caster right here he gets out there and puts on a two ounce weight and he can cast it just see who can cast the farthest across the whole missouri river yeah you're allowed to <laughs> have a 10 pounds a 10 foot rod caster <laughs> you're allowed to have a 10 foot rod you're allowed to put an x amount of weight on it whoever can cast the farthest i mean right. it's no different than it's no different than the cane pool you know, vault <laughs> I'd I'd like to see that too. I mean, there's a lot of them. I don't think that there's any possibility that fishing ever, ever, ever has anything uh, in Maybe, any spot in any Olympic sport. Right? What are the ones that they do where like they have fly fishing casting competitions? Right. Not like the X Games, but there's also like another one where you can see like where they have like the lumberjack stuff. I mean, I want to see guys out there seeing who can drill through through the ice the fastest. I think that's on ESPN 8 the Ocho, right? <laughs> like the outdoor, the great outdoor games. Yeah. I want to see some I want to see them do have a winter version and I want to see some guys like drilling through the ice. So they they got that drilling. Yeah, speed drilling. Yeah, right. See how many holes you can drill and then crack open an old cold bush light and chug one and fillet 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 walleye. You got old Hans Gruber from the Netherlands up there without one in without an index finger waving at the end. But damn it he's got a gold medal. That's right. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh so I don't know if archery is still in the Summer Olympics or or whatever yeah, but uh, it is. um up until here here's one of the facts that I saw up until um 19 the the 1900 games live pigeons were used <laughs> bring them back bring the pigeons back people want to see the puff of the feathers you, you want to put they, fans in the stands bring, kill a couple pigeons, pigeons that's right but they they've got that skiing deal like where they you know have to ski four the, four uh you know kilometers and then they actually have to shoot the like a little line. 22 yep. that was we, we were watching that a little bit yesterday. That uh, uh, I'm hats you sit off there to and, those guys. That's right. pretty incredible. Well, you sit there and you watch them shoot, and you're just like, they're shooting 22s. Or, you know, they're shooting that. I could plink one of those and stuff like that. And then you think about it, and it's just like, uh, no. No. No way. No way. I, uh, I'm i not a good marksman at, at anything like I'm a, I'm a pie plate guy. I You know, <laughs> right. I can probably put something in a pie close plate. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's close yeah, enough. Yeah. I just know I got to aim a little to the left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it going to kill him quick, fast, and effectively? Probably not, but I'll put it down. Just it call in the trackers. <laughs> yeah, just hit the back. Call in the trackers. That's right. No, but I enjoy watching the Olympics. It's fun to see, like, maybe some sports that you're not familiar with and you kind of yeah get to know them a little bit. And like, like, I enjoy watching the biathlon because when I started – teaching high school PE I started cross-country skiing that was yep. one of our units and yep kind of got into that and then it's just fun watching some of those things 
uh, the women's hockey team, I think that they said they have six or seven girls uh, from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the University of Minnesota, um, I think, had six or seven of them. And then there was one girl on the team that goes uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah. And uh, one so, of them, one of them got hurt really bad in the game the other day. I saw that they said like, somebody went down, but yeah, I didn't. She was, it was down around the net, and she went down, and she was screaming, and it was not good. So, oh boy. Yeah. Huh. You know that that's really kind of crazy too. Before we move on, but uh, you know they can't have any family or anyone there. No, I was watching like some of, and then they got to take COVID tests all the time. Like, how much would that suck that you get over there? You've done all this training the last four years, and then all like your events coming up. You've been good up until then, and like the day of, they test you and you test positive. Right, and you can't. You got to go in the court because they're really strict on their quarantine over there. Obviously, I mean, so. I, my guess is that, like, when all the gold medal stuff starts coming down to it, all of a sudden all these people will start getting quarantined, and all of a sudden the China people will just all of a sudden miraculously yeah. just start winning, yeah. and they'll have a record-setting gold number count weird. over there. Weird. Gold medal so, count over there. So weird. Yeah. But, what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. What are you going to do? Did you see that they freaking, like, arrested some Dutch reporter? Like, this Dutch reporter was sitting there, you know, broadcasting about the Olympics or whatever, and, like... Four guards came in and like hauled her, uh, or hauled him out. Like, yeah, kind of like wrapped him up and started. And he's like, "No, nah, f you guys or whatever." <laughs> and they're like, "No, nah, you come in with us." So, <laughs> so that's how that was. And so that's the last anybody heard of him. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I think he got brought to the train station. Poor Hans. <laughs> uh, Matt, what'd you do this weekend? Let's hear about this it. This weekend, I actually went up to up into South Dakota. I went to like Lake Whitewood. Okay. With, with my uh, dad and my uncle Rich and my brothers, we went up there on a pike mission. Decided to go up there and chase after some pike, set some tip ups up, some rattle reels, and just BS out on the ice. Yep. And it was a good time. Did you guys all sit in your hub then as you were waiting, or did you guys all kind of stood uh, outside? Yeah. Yeah. You know, dad set up endured his hub. the wind. Yep, Dad set up his hub, and actually, you know, when we got up there at first, it was a little windy. We got up there probably about 9, 9.30-ish in the morning. Yep. And it was a little windy and chilly and stuff, and we sat outside, and you'd have to clean out skimmed ice off the hole a little bit, but as the day went on, the sun got up a little higher, and, had you know, it's getting that power that it has this time of year. Yep. And uh, I don't know, about three in the afternoon, all of a sudden the wind shifted to the west and it got real gusty. Yeah, it was just like, oh man! But at least it wasn't like a real cold wind. And uh, but after after a while, it died down. Then it wasn't bad at all. I mean, I didn't have to have gloves on when I was out there fishing and stuff. And it was, I mean, it was nice to stand out there. And I, it, there wasn't much snow on the ice up there, but it was crazy how much water was on top of the ice. Really, like. Because some of the snow was melting and yep. how soft the snow yep. got. So, I mean, it just really shows how powerful that sun is. And, you know, how you were just talking a little bit ago about, you know, people don't think that the ice is going to be here long. But we start getting some 40-degree days. It, it's not going to take long. Yep. So, but, no, yeah, we were up there. And uh, I think we ended up catching around, like, 15 pike and okay. one nice perch. And that was about it. So, yep. it was a good time. Like I said, uh, I was actually... While we were waiting for flags to go up, just dropped a rip and wrap down and started fishing with that. And I caught like three or four northerns that way, and they would come in and hammer that thing. Really? And so that's, well, that's always fun, fun when yeah, you're in like absolutely. five foot of water. And, you know, about the time you're not, I'm sitting there staring at the screen, and about the time you're not paying attention or somebody's talking to you, and you almost get the rod ripped out of your arm. <laughs> yep. So it's like, all oh, right. I mean, none of them were real big. I suppose the biggest one we caught was around four pounds. Yep. But, I mean, we caught and released quite a few of them. Yep, that's all right. No, it was like I said, and it's always fun. I mean, sitting there, I, yep. I think it's. I was talking to my uncle Richard, and I think that was the first time that we've ice fished together in about five years. I think the last time him and I ice fished was up on Whitewood, which okay. is, which is kind of crazy as much as we both fish. But yep, you know he's been busy. But like I said, it's always good learning some life lessons from him. <laughs> oh yeah, he 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 he's always telling me some good jokes. Yep, he said I think the best one of the weekend was. Uh, I think he said, you know what. You know why fishing, what fishing and sex have in common, and I was just like, oh, what, what's that? And he said, how did he go? You don't have to be good at either one of them to enjoy them. 
that's a good one that's a good one that's funny that's funny too i kind of forgot all about it but me and my brother eric were talking uh you know you had said something about how that sun's got some power now and uh you know this last week when when it was just colder than all get out me and eric were kind of talking about uh uh you know how here here in the midwest you know we i i don't know we're, we're so dang stupid that we keep living here, you know, in, in, in a place where the air hurts your face and whatnot. But yeah, you, you constantly hear stuff like, you know, it's cold, but that sun's got power and you know, it wouldn't be that bad if it wasn't so windy, but, uh, you know, just, just kind of funny. Me and I Eric think, were BSing back and forth about that. I think the most that. Midwestern thing you can say is, is supposed to be windier tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> but at least, or at least it's not as windy as yesterday. At least it's not as windy as yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I think yep. we've all, yep. we all kind of do that. It's just like, you know, you get a 10-mile-an-hour wind, and it's like, God, oh, it's kind of, I wish the wind would die down. Well, it's supposed to be windier tomorrow. Yep. Or, ah, then we better take advantage <laughs> <right>. of today. <laughs> or, yeah, well, it was windier yesterday, so. Yep. But, yeah, no, it was a good time up there. Good. And, uh, harassing yep. Jig and Joe a little bit. You bet. He needs it. Like so. I said, we swung in. I was telling you this a little bit earlier. We swung into the old Dakota Angler Bait Shop up there, and Josh was working. And he looked at my uncle and I, and he's just like, "How do you guys know? You guys know each other?" And it's kind of like, "Yeah, known in my whole life." So, <laughs> this ugliness <laughs> runs in the family. It does. <laughs> it does. You can't. You, you can't get this many good-looking people in one family. I mean, there's got to be a few ugly ones. That's right. That's and what right. about you? What did you do this weekend? Uh, I actually went over to Okaboji and participated in the Iowa Ice Classic, uh, brought to you by Oak Hill Outdoors, uh, the hookup uh, bait shop there in uh, the big corner in Milford, uh, maybe just a little bit north of Milford, I don't know, in between Milford and Arnold's Park. Kind of by the Perkins there, yep. where there was a freaking shooting the day before. No, oh yeah, I saw you that. See that? What the frick is Crazy that crap? Bastard! Yeah, <laughs> holy moly! That dude needs to. Yeah, apparently catch he went back bullet. to work at at Pier Fishing. Really? Went there, shot a lady on her break, went back to work at at Pier Fishing. Like that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I mean, just you know, action packed break. But uh, whatever the case. Uh, uh, there was no shootings going on over at Oak Hill, but uh, uh, we went we went down there on Friday. We took Friday off, went down there, pre-fished, and uh, after pre-fishing, um, we were we were in bad shape. I mean, we were truly, truly in bad shape. Uh, the fish that we were seeing weren't uh, weren't playing nicely, and I'll be honest, we weren't seeing a whole lot. Um, you know, we, we bounced around, whatever. Then I ended up having ATV issues where my ATV wouldn't start. So uh, I ended up driving my pickup and trailer out there. Uh, we got some help, loaded it on there, pulled out and went and grabbed some lunch. And then I was going to try to figure out what the hell I was going to do with that stinking ATV. If I was going to have to go down to the Polaris dealer or, you know, Oak Hill's got, you know, they sell some ATVs and whatnot. And we went and ate lunch and I walked back out there turn the key boom pops right right off like what the frick and uh yeah we didn't have any issues on sunday so i don't know what the hell's going on with that thing but uh it's a pain in the butt i'll tell you that but um yeah whatever we uh we fished the iowa ice classic uh that was saturday morning um i think we got out there probably about 6 30 6 45 uh could start fishing at eight um it was cold. It was super cold that morning, but, uh, we made the best of it. Uh, we all got into pretty decent spots and, um, uh, you know, whatever we all, the, the four guys in our group, uh, we all ended up catching, catching a limit. And, uh, I guess that was kind of all of our goal, you know, whatever, catch a limit. And, uh, my brother ended up getting eighth place. I believe, uh, our buddy Adam top ended up like in 13th. Um, if I had to guess, me and Blair were back around 20th, you know, 22nd, something like that. But there was 54 teams, so uh, like I said, we weighed a limit. We finished in the top half, so well, especially I guess. considering your pre, I mean, you guys were all kind of scratching your head after pre-fishing. Yep. I mean, yep. So, I mean, sometimes that's. I mean, I suppose as a tournament angler, you gotta. Sometimes you have a bad pre-fish, you just throw it out. Yep. And just stick to what you know and go out there and fish. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know at the end of the day, you know, sometimes, uh, 
sometimes you can get kind of caught up in your head, you know, like, oh, man, this isn't any good. All you need to do is catch 10 fish. Right. All you need to do is catch 10 fish. You've got six hours to catch 10 fish. And you know what? You can even come in with eight fish if they're the right fish. Oh, exactly right. You know, the so so roadside minnows was giving away $2,000 to the biggest fish caught. That dude only caught three fish. And he, oh, that's crazy. But he yeah, caught right. a 10-incher. Well, that's, and that was the thing about, like, that's why that surprised me that that tournament didn't fill up. Yep. Like, and I think you and I had talked about this. Like, going into it, it's like, do you go out there and try to fish for 10 big ones? Or do you just go out there and really focus on trying to catch one, one big one? One big one, yeah. I mean, that, and that's kind of the cool thing about a tournament like that. It's like, you're going to have guys doing both. Like, some guys could care less about, like, if I'm going to catch 10. If I'm just going to sit here and try to catch, you know, 10, 8 to 9 inches all day. Or if I'm just going to go out there and try to find that one... 10 inch bluegill and yep get it to bite yeah yeah you know that's probably really realistically looking back on it uh you know maybe a guy should have gone to deep water where you think maybe some bigger fish are going to be hanging out and not be afraid of only catching two fish all day long but you know you're going to catch the right one uh but, you know, I, I mean, your competitiveness still wants yeah, to say that yep. you finished up there, you know, in the top five or, you know, win the tournament and stuff right. like that. Well, you know, Ryan Hale, the tournament director, kind of was walking around and he came up and, and he told us that, you know, around 11 o'clock he was going to start checking in on people, you know, coming up to their shacks and whatnot. And he came up to my shack and uh, he asked, you know, hey, Scott, how, you know, how you doing? I said, good. I said, I got a limit. And he said, oh, you got a limit already? And I said, yep. And he said, I'll be honest. He said, you're the first person that, you know, has, has told me that, that you've caught a limit. And I was like, all right. You know, like, right. you know, I, I was thinking, you know, man, I'm, I'm really behind the eight ball here. But, uh, you know, I had caught 10 fish. And, and I'll, you know, I'll flat out tell you that there was three of those fish that, like, it was rather embarrassing to be having, having in my bucket. But it was one of those deals, like, where I knew the bite was tough yeah and if those are you know if those are three fish that potentially you know boost me up a little bit into the money you know it's like well you know i don't know you got to kind of do that and so i you know my my wife had actually messaged me and said you know hey how's the day going or whatever and i told her like well the tournament director just came by and told me i was the first one you know to uh uh you know, that he had talked to that actually had a limit. And, you know, at that point in time, it was just like, God dang it, you know, right. let it be yeah, two like, o'clock. Yeah, like, let's yeah, get the hell off to, the ice. Like, you know, I like, think we should end the tournament yep, right now. Yep. Are you sure? You know, I think there's some bad weather coming, right? Like, let's get her going. But, uh, you know, I think I, I think I upgraded one fish after Ryan came by, you know, where it was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It, my afternoon kind of shut off and, and, uh, you know, we were talking to some other guys after it was all said and done. And, you know, I think I think a few more people started upgrading, you know, towards the end or whatever. And, but, uh, yeah, that's my, my spot was more of a morning spot. Apparently, you know, they were kind of just cruising through and going somewhere else for the afternoon because or or, you know, I guess as far as that goes to uh, uh, I had some fish coming through in the afternoon. But uh, I don't know. They they didn't like what I had. So. Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. See, I'm, I'm happy. I, I said my goal was to weigh a limit. I weighed a limit and, uh, you know, well, it sounds like all of you guys had, you know, pretty good showing. So, right. Uh, Todd, Todd, uh, was down from Illinois over from Illinois. Uh, you know, I mean, Todd's one of the, uh, you know, one of the more experienced anglers, you know, one of the more experienced ice anglers in the whole entire country. Right. You know, I mean, Todd's fished a and gazillion a states fisherman. yeah I mean, I mean he travels when ice gets here he travels yep and uh um i i had the privilege of talking to him um you know quite a bit and uh he actually hadn't been doing a whole lot this year uh he got covid his wife got covid and it sounds like his wife kind of had a, a pretty pretty tough battle but she's on the mend now too but uh i i got a story about todd that i just got to tell and and i thought about making it the good news story and uh, I got another good news story that I'm probably not even going to wait till good news story to tell neither. But uh, um, I don't know, probably come good news story. You know what? I'm just going to say my good news stories are in the middle. But uh, Todd, Todd, you know, I mean, as dude, dude's a tournament angler. Dude's a, an experienced ice angler. 
Uh, we're sitting there, you know, waiting for blast off. And I mean, you know, Todd's literally come here from Illinois, like, you know, and, and he's a competitor and, and Dan Gay pops out a, uh, uh, gas auger and he can't get the thing started, you know, and, and he just wanted to, you know, he knew it was cold. He wanted, he wanted to, it, right. you know, let it Prime warm it up, up a little bit, bit yep. you know, so that when he got out there, he was ready to go. Todd, Todd drops all things, you know, when he hears that, that, well, well, you know, well. yep, can't <laughs> yeah. get it going. Boom. He's over there. And I mean, him and Dan, and I mean, Dan's a, you know, he's a handy dude too. He's got yeah. a snow dog that he built from scratch, you know, himself. <laughs> he was telling us about that. He's got $180 into the whole contraption, but, uh, whatever he's custom rod builder i mean you got two dudes there that could probably freaking tear apart a car and put it back together in a freaking afternoon exactly. and still get home for supper but uh you know i just i i thought you know what like how freaking cool is that because i mean todd didn't know who dan was you know i mean right. it was just uh hey there's a guy in need over there you know i'm i'm a handy you know wrench guy myself you know let, let's see what's going on and uh yeah next thing you know they they got her going. No, no issue. You know, just two dudes, you know, together or whatever. Doing dude stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All they needed was some freaking beef jerky. <laughs> they, you know, the freaking, there would have been fireworks. But uh, no, I just, I thought that was really cool that, that Todd, you know, that's, being, I mean, being a competitor, you know, it, it didn't matter what color coat you were, had, right. you know, what color shack you had. It, it didn't matter that, you know, potentially, you know, in, in an hour a few hours from now, you know, they, they might be, you know, weighing in against each other. It didn't make any difference. Like right. just, you know, I don't know. And that's, and that's the way it should be. Like, I know we're all competitors out there in tournaments, but sometimes when you see somebody that needs help, sometimes you just got to take your time and be the, do the right thing and help those people out. Right. We're all on the same team. You right. Know, we're all ice fishermen. And, and at the end of the day, all of our goal needs to be, you know, promoting ice fishing, promoting, you know each other and and promoting that's, that's why it's always kind of cool to see like when you're seeing like a big bass elite tournament or something like that and a guy's coming in for weigh-in and like hits a stump or something like that and he's dead in the water and another competitor pulls up there and they load his fish into his boat and get him back to the weigh-in yep. on time so that yep. he can i mean you could be like meh blinders on no, i don't see nobody over there but usually yep nine times out of nine people swing over there and pick them up so yep uh the one other good news story that i wanted to share now is uh well a we we had a bunch of freaking dirt bags in the top of uh um in the top of uh let me quick get a look at this but um hold on good afternoon everybody oh that's that's right but we've got uh uh tony reuter ended yep. up fishing finishing second uh jesse van wyke dirtbag uh in third uh john whitcamp got fifth my brother got eighth uh i don't know maybe some of these other dudes actually you know listen, listen to the to show that, too right. but um you know whatever i mean uh, we, we got i mean of the, of the top 11 12 whatever Honestly, like six of them were freaking podcast listeners, and right. it's just like, hell and there's yeah. a there's a lot of guys over there that listen to the podcast that yeah. were fishing it. So yep. I don't know. I just uh, we we hung out a lot with Jesse Van Wyke. Uh Tony Reuter uh, helped me uh, load up my ATV, and you know offered to help me plenty of times. You know if I had any ATV issues, you know we we sat and BS with Tony and Jesse a lot, and I don't know. I was I was pumped up to see uh, to see both of them finish as well as what they did. Jesse had never finished or fished an ice tournament before, you know, Tony, just a top notch dude. Uh, you know, I think, I think one of these a, days he's got to crack it. Oh, uh, he will. Yeah. I, I just think that's, it is kind of cool about that tournament. I mean, even though there is a big prize, it's still, it's, it has like a small town feel to it. Like all the guys over there kind of know each other. Some, right. Some of us know each other really well, you know, others it's like, you know, the person, or you know of them and stuff like that. And you, I mean, you just kind of look out for each other and you want to see each other do well. I mean, obviously we all want to win, but we also want to see our buddies and some other guys do well too. Right. It's just kind of crazy. You know, this is, is me and Eric and Blair's second year of fishing it, Adam Topps first year of fishing it. Uh, but it is just kind of crazy how you, how, how, you know, 
we've gotten to know a lot of these other guys over there now and and you know you talk to them you know it, it's basically the one time a year where we all actually see each other all in the same setting but right you know now you interact more on facebook and this and that and and uh i think it's I, the bait shop feel yeah it's something it's, it's, you it's know. the bait shop feel it's like you walk in and if you spend enough time in a small bait shop you're going to end up talking to people seeing them multiple times probably run into them out on the lake or on the ice somewhere and you get to know them right it's like a so coffee club pretty, i think it is i mean like i was telling you earlier with walking into dakota angler and you know my uncle richard and josh is like oh man it's like i guess i never put that together that you guys are related and then i was talking to josh about somebody and we get in the truck and start driving away and my uncle's like who was that that you were talking about and i said it, and he's like oh i know him too you know i know yep. that old bastard so it's just <laughs> kind of like well, what the hell it's like yep you know I the think, fishing I think, community is smaller right. than what a guy realizes i think my dad said it he's sitting in the back seat and he just came out and goes i guess richard's friends are your acquaintances matt or something like that he said <laughs> so <laughs> no but so so now now we've got something that that we want to bring up here and uh talking I'm, about tournaments yep. kind of the whole deal so i'm gonna come flat out and say in no way shape or form are we against tournaments I just fished in one, kept 10 fish, uh, you know, and, and if I would have kept, or if, if I would have caught 10, 11 inch bluegills, those sons of bitches would have been thrown in my bucket and I'd have weighed them and I'd have killed them. Right. Plain and simple. But. Probably would have put a few on the wall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> maybe all 10 actually. Right. I think I would have, I would have won the 2000 bucks. I would have won the 750 bucks for first place. I probably, you know, whatever. But, uh. So, so what me and Matt, Matt kind of texted me today, you know, we were talking back and forth, setting up this show. We just like and, to make each other think sometimes. Yep. Are panfish tournaments hypocritical? And by what I mean by that, and, and what Matt means, because actually he's the one that brought, brought up this deal, you know, nowadays there's a big, you know, quality bluegill initiative, you know. You got to let everything above nine inches go. And, you know, if you keep those big fish in the system, it makes the smaller fish want to get bigger and this and that. And, you know, I mean, there is a huge push all the way across the upper Midwest. That's here. a huge topic right now. Yep. I mean, Scott Mockentune, one of our good buddies, past guest on the show. Uh, you know, I mean, even Jason Mitchell has gone down there and hung out with Scott Mockentune, uh, talking to him about, you know, what you know, what needs to happen to get big bluegills back into the system, you know, this and that, whatever. And I mean, it's a, it's a big thing. The science is there. If you keep the big bluegills in the lake, the other bluegills get bigger too. You know, that's how you keep big bluegills, whatever. But so when we throw 54 teams out there on Saturday and we say, Hey, go keep your 10 best bluegills are, you know, I'm, and you know, I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking with guys that know about quality bluegill initiative. Right. Any other you know. any other day they're out fishing, they catch a 10-inch bluegill, it's going back. I mean, right. there's no Unless question about it. Unless it's going on the wall or right. something like right. that. But, I mean, it's going to get thrown back in the water because you got to keep the big ones in the system. I think that was pretty well understood by most people all the way across the board there. But all of a sudden, one day a year, and and for some of these, you know, tournament anglers, you know, guys fishing, tournament you know, trails UPL, stuff, you know, right. NAIFC, whatever, uh, you know, I mean, they're potentially. Well, and keeping, you start thinking about all these other small tournaments and stuff that go on, you know, right? So. And so, so what we're talking about here is, you know, is this having a negative impact on some of these lakes? You know, I mean, can it have a negative impact on a lake? If 54 guys go out, you know, and, and they all keep nine, nine plus inch bluegills, is that really hurting a fishery like Okaboji or is it not even a thing? You know, I mean, think about, think about or, up on Triboji. There's right. literally 600 checks out there this past weekend. Right. And, you know, these guys... Most of those dudes are probably going to keep whatever they catch. Yeah. There's you know, I mean, of, you could right. catch a 12-inch bluegill, and it's like, <laughs> you know, only there's, need to throw one of them fillets on the sandwich, well, you, right. know, yep. you know, whatever. And and not knocking them. Like, that's that's their right, whatever. But, uh, you know, our, our panfish tournament's hypocritical. And, and I, you know, most like I said, and like most guys, 
or do they have the right to get upset when somebody does keep 10 inch bluegills when they're out ice fishing then because it's like how are you going to sit there and be mad at you know this guy right here for keeping a 25 9 to 10 inch bluegills when you go out there in a tournament and you catch 10 of them and you keep them but since you're in a tournament and you're fishing for money it's okay now that's kind of like where i was going with it yep but and 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 i agree i agree you know i think for for me personally going over there if i would have potentially kept fish that big you know it's easy for me to be a hypocrite and say well you know it's just one day you know one day a year well you know i mean you know, there's a saying, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. You know, I mean, and it all starts with you. You know, if I'm not doing it and you're not doing it and the next guy's not doing it, well, then no one's really doing it. Right? Right. You know, I I don't know. I'm going to continue to keep 10, you know, my 10 best fish in a tournament. Well, exactly you know. right. I mean, and everybody is. And, you know, I think it, it still goes back to the whole thing of people kind of look at it like they're only panfish. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's just like, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're just panfish. So, you know, they're, yeah, it's they're just a bluegill. Right. They'll replace each other and stuff like that. And, and you know, we're trying and people are trying to get to, uh, people to understand that a 10 inch bluegill is just as just like a 30 inch walleye, you know. Why? So, why aren't why aren't bluegills looked at? Is it is it because there's more of them in most lakes or right. is it because they're smaller? I think it's both. Both. I think it's just an abundance there's abundance of them and it's just that they're a, a smaller fish and people look at they're a food fish right you know that's the that's the ones you're going to go out there to catch when you want food like you want to eat those so yep. i mean most of those tournament or most of those videos that you see that people are going on their meat runs and all that stuff or going this harvest season they're just going out there and catching a bunch of bluegills and a bunch of crappies and i mean it goes for crappies too not just bluegills because all these other tournaments you're after bluegills or crappies so guy goes guys go out and they land on the mother load of 15 inch crappies they're not throwing those back I no mean. when you know john whitcamp was down there this weekend john used to own stands uh and john was actually telling us that he remembers petitioning back in the day to mike hawkins of the iowa dnr the fisheries by uh, manager over there uh on the iowa great lakes about putting in a daily limit on bluegills because back in the day there was no i remember going over there and catching five gallon pails of bluegills yeah john literally said that people would come out there in the spring he had a lady that brought in 600 bluegills two stands bait shop to have them clean <laughs> in the like and he said you know this was the heart of the you know the, the bluegills literally 600 of them and you know but but you look back at that that didn't kill off the lake. Right. You know, I mean, I, I would say Okaboji is potentially kicking out the best fish it ever has right now. But I think that's because, like... Of of the of the walleye slots and of the, be, you know, the, the, the seasons, the, like the 25, that. you know. But there still is not possession limit. Right. You could literally go out there 365 days a year and catch your 25 bluegills. Right. And, I mean bring in the freaking reefer trailers because i mean you know you could you could literally do that and most of the people that do that are the ones that hate out-of-staters <laughs> right right yeah because <laughs> they're Isn't taking all the their fish <laughs> you know i we, we've talked about this before you know there's uh you know obviously a big presence of social media from the bait shops up in okaboji the guide services uh you know whatever um, a, a lot of that up there in okaboji you know they're okaboji fish get pressured all year long yep. and you know i don't know i i think I, it might be the best thing and i, I think, think it might be the best thing i think right taking those fish out of the system consistently lets all these other fish do a little bit better i oh no i told i agree with you and i think that it helps to like kind of cycle the lake like yeah, yeah. One, some years all of a sudden you're gonna like fishing's really gonna be good and you know, pretty soon it brings people there, and it's bringing people to the bait shop. It's, you know, the local economy. It's good for the local economy, and then pretty soon, all of a sudden, the fishing goes down just a little, like, down yep. a bit. Yep. Like, where people are like, wow, this is, I mean, but the people that still are willing to go over there and put the work are still going to catch them. Right. You know, the, the people just chasing the easy bite, they come and go. I mean, they're going to be there. 
if there's an easy bite and they can get on them, and then they're going to try to find the next easy, easier bite yep. than what they were just at. You know, the people that are really in the put in the work and the time, they're going to find them over there. Yep. I don't know. I've always kind of been a bite chaser, and you know, it, it's everybody kind of, is. Yeah, <laughs> everybody does that. You know, but it, you know, but you're always a day late. <laughs> yeah. You know, we used to we used to strictly be East Okaboji. Yeah. You know, we would go to East Okaboji, we'd chase yellow bass, and that's what we did every single time. We didn't, you know. Before that, me and Eric were always on Miller's Bay, and all we would do was sight fish bluegills on Miller's Bay. And then we found out about yellow bass, and it was like, holy moly, this is, you know, this is the game changer here. And now, you know, I find myself going less and less over to Okaboji. Yeah. You know, not that I hate it. I mean, it was a lot of fun to get sight fishing bluegills again, but, uh, um, I don't know. My style of fishing's just kind of changed a little bit, and I you know I don't get variety. to go as much anymore. Yeah, right. And you know, I think variety is good. I mean, you, you kind of get—I don't want to say sick of the same scenery, but you just you want to have new challenges. Like, yep. okay, you know what? Let's go try a new lake today. It's fun to go, go on go, an adventure. Yeah, you know, go, go up north into South Dakota. Go out to, uh, you know, the Black Hills. Go up into Minnesota and and you know fish a body of water that you haven't fished before right i think we have that with pahoya sometimes where we like it's the, kind of the place that we can go to right away knock, it's the, close knock the rust off and, and stuff like that you can you make a few trips over there because it gets the juices going and it, like i said it's only 15 minutes away so it's like yep. all right yep but then after a few times you're just like yeah all right it's Been kinda, there, done that. it's, it's kind of like the same thing every time you go over there it's yep. like a similar bite yep. it's a similar area like similar similar areas on the lake I mean, you try to venture off and try to do different things, but you always come back to the same stuff. So you're just kind of like, all right, I want something different. You know, I want to feel a different. That's why, like, with this northern thing was so fun the other day, just being able to go and set tip-ups up and just, you know, sit there and try different things than what you're normally doing. Yep. So I, I got actually a really cool story that I thought I wanted to share um, here on the uh, uh here on the show, but, uh, I was talking with our buddy Colton bus. Uh, Colton is a, a young dude from here in town. He, uh, is up at SDSU, whatever, but, uh, Colton bus came on a fishing trip with us here a few years ago. We stayed up on enemy swim and Kevin yep. Paul's cabin, uh, you know, kind of fished the local area Wabe better, uh, you know, went out on enemy swim, whatever. And, uh, so he was up there staying at that same cabin that we had stayed at. And, uh, Ended up catching a tagged bluegill that really? was tagged by the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. And Colton caught this fish on January 15, 2022. You know, just here two right. weeks ago. That fish was tagged May 25, 2021. So it had literally been in the system for eight months, May june july august september october november december january yeah so basically exactly eight months when it got tagged it was 7.6 inches 7.6 inches guess how big it was when colton caught it eight months later an enemy swim up eight there. and a half inches wrong nine and a quarter holy buckets nine and a quarter it grew that much eight inches or, or, or uh, oh, in I, eight months. In eight months, those those enemy swim bluegills are different creatures. I mean, they're big. But isn't that incredible? Yeah. Like, I mean, I couldn't believe that. He called me and and uh, um, we were talking about some other stuff. He said, "Hey, did you know I you know stayed up at the cabin?" I said, "Yeah, you had told me that or whatever." And he said, "Yeah, I caught a tagged bluegill while I was up there. No kidding." And so he he has the certificate of appreciation awarded to Colton Bus. You know, tells him all the information about when it was tagged, where it was tagged, whatever. And uh, yeah, length that tagging seven point six inches, nine and a quarter when he caught it. That's nuts. I, I wouldn't think it would grow that fast now. I wouldn't have thought so, but I don't know. Something something was right there. Or maybe something was wrong with Colton's measuring at first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had his wiener measuring tape measure out. <laughs> no, that's nine and a quarter. <laughs> I promise that's nine and a quarter. <laughs> We're all guilty. Don't check my work. <laughs> Don't check guilty. my work. Uh, he, but Colton did say that he kind of wanted to contact them and see what the other tagged bluegills in the, uh, you know, on the study, you know, if that thing was just the freak of nature right. or if they it was like, Ooh, like you know, that. whatever. But, uh, 
um, I don't know. I thought that was pretty incredible and uh, something worth sharing. That is pretty neat. Yep. So uh, all the tagging processes like that, it just proves why they're such a good thing and yeah, yeah. why it's important to report those things. Too. Well, it is very important to report it. I mean, don't sit there and be, you know, bitch about, you know, that our game fishing parks don't do nothing for us, you know, right. and then not, not turn around and report stuff like that. I mean, that's how they're getting information. You know, right. that's, that's, we that's, all work together. You're taking part in an experiment, you same, know, there. Same way with the creel studies when you come off the lake. Are they kind of, are, are they annoying sometimes? Yeah, they are, but you I know. I think it's kind of cool. So do I. I. I mean, we enjoy talking to people yeah, and, yeah. you know. I enjoy whooping the shit out of Ramsey in front of him. <laughs> right. Yeah, you did that time. That, that guy <laughs> yeah, that was, was on enemy uh, swim too. Right. I that guy was like. Put a hurting on right, him. All right. Yep. <laughs> I'm not messing with these boys. Yeah, he, he actually. Well, he, maybe the one on the ground. He gave me a free, uh. He gave me a free fishing license for that. He's <laughs> like, hey, pal, I, I, I was thinking we I don't want take to do the same thing. those kind around <laughs> yep. here, so we could smell you as from Texas. Yeah, that's right. Only steers and queers come from <laughs> Texas, and you don't look much like a steer now, do you? Oh, oh what is that, Full Metal Jacket? Full Metal Jacket, that yeah. Full Metal Jacket movie. Um, whatever, I guess uh, that's probably drawn a close to episode 157. We should be back next week again with a guest. I don't get a good news story. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell, tell your good news story. Well, you sound like you're kind of closing I, the I'm show. Kinda, I am. I'm kind of closing the show. Like, I'm kind of closing the show. I'm, I'm getting ready here. I, I want to tell people again to sign up for BassmasterFantasy.com, uh, Midwest Angler Podcast. Uh, password is dirtbags. If you're listening to us on uh, Apple or whatever, uh, leave a review, uh, hit the subscribe button, helps us out a lot. And uh, I guess we'll we'll throw it over to Matt. I I had two good news stories that were packed into the body of the uh, the right. podcast. Matt, uh, I got a couple. All right, couple. Mine, I'm, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Parker Knudsen from up in Minnesota, up in the cities area. He fished in the Bass Open this past weekend as a co-angler and finished. Okay. I think he finished eighth. So really, his first time fishing. I think as a co-angler and one went down there. I think they're at the St. John's River. Brandon Lester won it, so that's pretty cool. Um, oh, time out once. Did you take a look at the rundown of... I haven't yet. I was going to tomorrow. Go on Bassmaster.com and just look at the leaderboard from that tournament. I mean, you've got some you've got some big name yeah, dudes that finished some... way deep in the pack. Oh, right. You know, I mean, a lot of Elite Series anglers that were like in the 150s. You know, I mean, they're... Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously me Brandon Lester wins it, but I mean, you want to talk about, you know, I mean, there, there was literally Justin Atkins. I mean, I think he finished like 14 from the, from dead last, yeah. you know, I mean, there was all over Luke Duncan. I mean, I think some Florida, dudes like Florida this time of year is kind of one of those deals. You're either on them or you're like totally off. Yeah. Them. And it might've been one of those deals kind of like us over there at Okaboji where right. the day before you were way off them right. and all of a sudden you showed up and you were on them and there might've been the guy that was thinking he was really on him and showed up the next day he was off him and that can happen but uh, yeah. no i just I, I looked at the rundown of that and it was just like holy smokes yeah like, uh, that was that was incredible but all right back over uh my other one I, i'm just gonna say i've seen on social media the other night i saw one where somebody posted that they were out on so-and-so lake and they had gotten stuck and it was pretty late at night and stuff in a drift and you know they put it out there on Facebook, and some people came to rescue them. So I just thought, you know, give a shout-out to all those people that are always willing to take the time to help people who are stuck. You talked about earlier about people helping you push your ATV in because it had died that day that I was over there fishing with, you know, the cold snap deal. One of the guys over there, their four-wheelers had died, so a bunch of us helped him push it up onto his trailer. I mean, there's a lot of... You see a lot of that go on out there. Yep. Lately, I've been yep. seeing a lot of stuff on social media about people fishing too close and whining and moaning about this stuff. <laughs> well, that's just and, one one guide right. from Okaboji in particular who's a freaking crybaby. <laughs> so, Should call him out by name just because he's a pansy ass. But. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, I see people helping, you know, fishermen helping other fishermen out and that's always kind of a cool thing, whether it be, you know, we're all experienced it where you might have a dead battery when you get back to your vehicle at night. I see Matt Waldron and Ryan Pincala were fishing today up in the cities, and somebody broke into their freaking trucks. Really? Yeah. Can you believe that? At a public freaking landing full of vehicles. Oh, I people, can believe it. Right. That's, you know, 
that's just BS right there. That that's the stuff that pisses me off. So when I see good things, people doing good things for other people, that's where I want to just give them all a shout out. Yep. One hundred percent. Um, I think that uh that should be it. Um I don't think we've really got anything else. You still and... selling tech selling tickets to Yep, I do harder? got yep, probably this about the this, last Yeah, week I was to gonna say in. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to buy some raffle tickets for Hooked on Hardwater for the ATV, uh, get a hold of me within the first couple days and right. uh, we'll we'll make it happen. But otherwise, Still I've got to be sponsor a boy and do yep. all that stuff. Yep. Otherwise, I got to uh, be sending my uh, stuff back. Uh, I think that's only like about 19 days away now. So uh, yep. whatever. Um, pretty pumped up about that. Um, Yeah, otherwise I think that is it. Uh, We'll see you next week on episode 158. Thanks for listening. Later.